girl are you doing? And I, and I thought that we would uh, go over that this morning and, um, and we need to analyze this in our thinking. Because as we go through it, of course, it will be um, three parts to it, but let's first open the word of prayer. Father, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for our time together. And thank you for the question I need to answer for myself. What in the world am I doing? Because, Lord, there's always the right way and the wrong way, and we can be in the right place. And so, Lord, as we come this morning, speak to my heart. Then, Lord, I'll trust you and your spirit to speak to the various hearts out there this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. It starts off like this, John 19, 18. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his, his master's money. He also who had received the one talent, notice how it dropped down to 24. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. 1920. So I was afraid. And see the eye? And I went and hid your talent in the ground. No, you have to understand the tone here. Here, you have what is yours. Uh, I, I, now that's, that's, we'll, we'll break that down a little bit. I mean, that's, that's a lot of nerve, right? No, you didn't come up to me like that, but that's, that's how it happens in this particular verse here. And um, it goes on. When we are keeping it real with ourselves, it will be a time of assessment, acknowledgement, adjustment, and action. What is it? Assessment, acknowledgement, adjustment, action. When the Lord gets you to the point of really keeping it real, I mean really keeping it real, It'll be a time of doing all of that. I was on uh, uh, Facebook, and one of the brothers said, sent me a, a message saying, you have to see this. And it was a millennial uh, uh, speaking to a group of, uh, at a uh, leadership conference. It was about three minutes. So I sat there to listen, and he was, he was saying, um, he was saying, it's good to be into technology. It's good to have your iPads and everything else, but when I got into the iPad and, and my app, iPad didn't work, it was good that I knew the Word of God. And he was saying, all the things that you all are doing, you have to understand something. You better understand that there's some, you should have some, it's intelli you're intelligent and everything else, but you need some substance to what you know. And you don't have any substance to what you know. You're going to have problems. He starts talking about the old school. He said, when I was in the old, the old school, the, some of the things that they said, some of the things that might not bother you, he says, in the morning worship, he 
says, uh, we'll say, when I rose up this morning, I said, thank you, Lord. And he went on to say, he said, now you ought to understand all of that. He said, you got that little music. He said, that's, that's okay. He went on and on because he says, there's coming a time in your life when you're going to hit a crisis. And the question is, what are you doing? Or what have you done? We'll be explaining each one of these as we go along here. Clarifying our thoughts for this morning. Let us consider our present status and frame of mind. Is God pleased with it? Who is to blame for our present state of mind right now? Is it your parents? Is it your job? Your boss fired you? Somebody got all up in your face? Just who is responsible for how you feel and acting right now? As we endeavor to keep it real as born-again believers in Christ, let us, uh, let us ask ourselves three questions. Ready for the three questions? Here we go. Now, with the three questions that we have in our outline here, number one is, let's read it. What in the world have I done that has made an eternal difference? Question number two. What in the world am I doing that will leave a legacy and an eternal impact? Question number three. What in the world am I expecting the Lord to say to me concerning my life? You see, a lot of times we can come to morning worship and do all of these things and go all through the whole outline, but, but that time where we need to do some self-evaluation. The, the, the psalmist said, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. See, Try me. See if there be. There's a time when we need to ask some questions because sooner or later the questions going to be turned on you. So, so personal evaluations are very important. Everybody with me so far? If we're not doing personal evaluations, then you're not refreshing yourself. And where you're not refreshing yourself, you're not growing. You're like one of those guinea pigs that go around in the little circle, around and around, doing the same thing, the same thing. They talk about the guy who is digging a ditch, and they say, what are you doing? I'm digging a ditch. You're digging a ditch. And why are you digging a ditch? I'm digging a ditch to make some money. I said, oh, and when you make money, it'll make me rich. Yeah. And that, so I can buy a shovel so I can keep digging my ditch. It keeps going around in a circle and in a circle and in a circle. And folks are getting up in the morning, and it's another day. Just like yesterday, just a little bit different. But you're doing the same thing in the day. There's no refreshing. There's no, no wonder we get tired. No wonder we get worn out. Then it's time to stop and look at the mirror and, and start talking to ourselves. I mean, you already talk to yourself. I'm just simply saying, seriously talking to ourselves. So the first one, what in the world have I done that has made an eternal difference? So we will use various verses, though. And so we come here to this, 
this particular uh, passage of scripture, Matthew 7:21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But get now, read with me. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are those who attend church. They've been faithful in the church. They've been faithful in the choirs and everything else. But the real thing, when you stand before God, is are you, have you done what God wanted you to do for his life? Yes or no? He doesn't care about your talents because he gave you the talents. He doesn't care about your looks. He gave you the looks. The question that's on the table that has always been on the table. And Jesus Christ said, behold, I come in a volume of the, of the books to do thy will, O God. And all of a sudden, the word will begin to come to the top of the water, on the surface. And you begin to say, you know what? My whole purpose of God leaving me, saving me, and leaving me here. And going through all of these things is that I need to understand and do his will. Matthew 7, 22. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? It sounds good, doesn't it? Boy, casting out demons' name. Oh, boy, you, you, you Reverend Doctor So and So, you have a, you have your conference of casting out demons and all these other things. He said, Lord, I did it in Jesus' name. And then, uh, when you ever see that word "then," that it flips it. I will. Notice what this is Jesus talking. I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You workers of lawlessness or iniquity. The three punch, boom, boom, boom. I never knew you. Now, you know that's bad. You thought you were something, something. Got all the trophies and everything else. Got all, all the accolades and everything else. And the Lord says, I don't know you. Everything you have done, all of your education, what people have said to you and everything, that might be not. You better remember that because I don't know you. And I'm not, I never tell a lie. Observation. There were four things that Jesus declared that will take place with a, with a certain group of people. Number one, what is it? Only a select few, not everyone. Only a select few, not everyone. God, God so loved the world that he gave but only a select few, select few. Here's number two. What is it? I never, there was never a point. Wait a minute. This is, get this now. You're talking about God is omniscient. He knows everything. But he says when it comes down to the relationship, where you and I connect with one another, when you and I walk with one another, says, let me tell you something. You are so busy telling others about your business, you never came to me. You put me on the back, back shelf there. You put me at the bottom of it, and you come to me last or nothing else helps. 
And now you expect me to walk into my kingdom? I never knew you. You know, that's, that's, a, bad, that's a bad feeling when uh, you think you, the person knows you and everything else. Now, it's, I'm, personally, I think that it would be a person. I don't think that God is going to bust you out in the middle of everybody. He's going to deal with everybody individually. We almost go for, uh, no, go for the judgment seat of Christ. Or those who are not saved, you'll go to the white throne judgment. Whatever, everyone, everybody going to court. What is it? Everybody's, you're going to court. Okay. And you, you won't, you won't uh, there, there's no need of subpoena. It's already out there. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, judgment. Then he said, depart from me. Get out of my face. Move out of my space. Get away from me. Wow. You know what? How many times have the Lord told folks to get away from him? He've always said, come to me and come to me. In this situation, he said, get away from me. Even on the cross of Calvary, when the, when the guy was saying, you know, uh, if, you know if, you, if you can, then, then I tell you what. Come, if you are the Christ, then why don't you just come, come down, save yourself and us. Guess what? On the cross, Jesus didn't say a word. He didn't have to say a word. He said, but at this time, he's going to say, I never knew you. Get out of my face. Remember what the psalmist said? Lord, where can I flee from thy presence? How do I get out of his face? If I took the word, the wings of a dove, and if I bet me my bed in hell, he says, get out of my you workers of lawlessness well you know as we think about that you say well uh, I'm a believer John 19 18 but he who have received one talent and went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money he also who had received one uh, talent came forward saying master I knew that you have been a hard man receiving where you did not sow and gathering where you you scattered so I was afraid and I went and hid the talent in, in the ground here you have it it is yours John 19 26 but his master answered him you wicked and slowful servant you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. Amen. Notice the four negatives again. No one, a deliberate choice to be unproductive. He chose to be unproductive. He didn't accidentally, Lord, I lost your coin and I was looking for it. No, you deliberately took that money and you buried it. You scoundrel you. Next, a defying condemnation on the person who gave him the privilege and opportunity. Then he condemns the person who wants, you are to give an account for my money. Then he condemns the person saying, you know what? 
You are a hard master. I knew it. And because I analyzed who you are, this is what I did. What type of attitude is that? The defense of his thoughts and actions. The next, a decision to bring closure his way. Here, you have what is yours. When a person's heart is hardened, he should have said, forgive me. He should have begged for leniency. But he insulted him, brought back his money, and said, here. Now, personally, I don't think that he came and said, here. His words suggest an attitude of defiance. And he says, here. Here's your money. In other words, this should close the matter. Let's go on with something else. The Lord said, whoa, no, 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 no. See, some of us think that we can do a couple of things and God is satisfied with that. And he's going to throw it right back in your face. Never let your day operate on a spiritual deficit. Whenever you start your day without the Lord, you can start doing things without the Lord. So start your day. I, me, I, I start off with a, I, I log in on the day. I have my journal. When I get up in the morning, one of the first thing I do is journal in. Thanking God for bringing me through the night, et cetera, et cetera. And in the course of this day, I, I log in. It's important that you log in and with the whole idea, Lord, I'm putting you first. So I asked you a question. Are you putting him first? If you're not putting him first, what makes you any different than this person here? You see, because attitudes begin to produce that type of action. And the question is, if you're acting like that, do you really know him? Remember, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away and what? Behold, all things become new. Our salvation is sure, but it will not exclude us from the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14.10. Why do you pass judgment on your brothers? Or do you, or, or you, why do you despise your, your brother? For we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in his body, whether good or evil. What have you done? What have you done? That's the question we What have I done yesterday? Because I think that if we get that squared away, then we come to our second one. What in the world am I doing that would leave a legacy and an eternal impact? So when we talk about what am I doing, Position the word of God in the center of all that you do, think, and say. Colossians 3.16. Let's read it together. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. He says, let that happen. Make that a, a matter of fact, when you start off your day, do you start off on a jump board or you're just kind of climbing out? Say, well, I'm not, I just have to have my first cup of coffee. Well, God gave you the coffee. Thank God for, then thank God for the coffee, amen? I think it's so important that when we start off our day, we start it off right. Why? Because God has set a plumb line. It doesn't change. It doesn't change uh, through the ages. It doesn't change in every, he keeps, what it was yesterday is today and it'll be tomorrow. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do what? Everything. Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Include God in what? Yes. Include God in what? Yes. It is so important to include him. Even in the moments, see, we like to include God when, th when we think we're doing pretty good. God is saying, in your failures, when you blew it, include it in it. You know, I was, uh, when I talked about the person and, uh, and I, didn't know, I didn't knowingly hurt their feelings, but they were deeply hurt, even to the point of tears. And, um, and the, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to my heart before I said, I just kept my mouth shut and listened. I didn't put it in any defense or anything. I just listened to what was on their heart. They needed to get it out. I didn't want them to internalize. When they did that, when the person did that, that's when the, whole, when the Lord says, now, here's what you are to do right now. Don't come up with any excuses. Don't try to explain the situation. The first thing you do, you get to the point of asking. Create an environment where you can ask them, Will you forgive me? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that was pleasing to the Lord? Instead of saying, you shouldn't feel that way. You're oversensitive. That's not what I was thinking. Why are you going to front me off right now when I'm going through all this? And the Lord says, no. What?" am I doing now that will have an eternal impact on lives? Watch your words. Because every word is being recorded. Watch your words. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And blessed is he that eat the fruits thereof. Watch your words. Because the moment that you start acting like an unbeliever. You set yourself up for a whipping. God whipped those whom he loves. And DCFF and all these others can do a thing about it. When God decides to correct you, it's because he's preparing you to hang out with him. That's the whole idea. Plan to be consistent in your preparation, praise, prayer, and practice. That's why earlier this morning when I gave you the, 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 um, the three-five principle, you know, uh, thank God for three things right now, what he have done, uh, five, five things, the five-three principle, five things that he have done, and then three, 
name three things for the rest of April that you thank God for. And that's too much, <laughs> you know. See, you will play the game. Keep playing the game. If I said this and said, if I gave you this assignment and said, if you finish the assignment, you will have a $150,000 check at the end of April. How many you think, how many folks you think would have forgotten? Uh-huh. That's, that's only one word. None. You know why? We put our whole efforts on that which is important to us, but not to God. And God wants to flip the switch. And he wants us to say, no, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Philippians 3.12, not that I have already obtained uh, this or am already perfect, but press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I press on forward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's a message within itself. Be passionate about the loss, poor, and destitute. James 1.27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their afflictions and to keep yourself what? Unstained from the world. As we see this thing, then uh, we'll come to this, uh, the latter part here. He says two things, the orphans and the widows that can't help themselves. He says in their distress, let them see your face. The next thing is you keep yourself unstained from this world. That is so key. That is so important in our life. What are you doing now that would make an eternal difference? I, uh, I was at a pastor's um, a breakfast meeting one of the pastors and the pastor was saying uh, he was uh, talking about my wife. He said my granddaughter attended the school this particular school, and uh, uh, what's the name of the, the Oakdale Christian Academy? It says, and, and she always talked about your wife. And she said, Granddaddy, I know you've been teaching us and everything else, but, he says, but she's a better teacher. <laughs> he says, and every time I would take her from school to take her home, she always talk about what Mrs. Rackett said, what Mrs. Rackett said, and what Mrs. She's at, uh, I think it's, it's Dawson University right now. And she said, she's still talking to her, grand, her granddad, said, Granddad, I was just thinking about Mrs. Rackett and all the things that she did with us. I would just like to say to her, thank you. He said, well, why don't you call her? And for our phone rang. It was a young lady from Dawson University that wanted to speak to Mrs. Rackett. And she says, I still remember the things that you have taught me back in school. And I just want to say, thank you. And so, um, and Karen asked me, I, said, I, I need to get the young lady's number so that Karen can call her. But to know that when you're in the will of God, you will impact. Please, don't try to impress anybody. That's 
I don't see that's that's the thing that turns me off. Folks go with all of the names and everything else and what they have done this and I've done this. Yeah, yeah. But who did you impact along the way? Who did you really meet them where they were and and show them some life tools that they could hold on to that even in college they don't forget it? What eternal impact are you making in lives? What are you doing? Now, what have you done? Now, the question is, what are you doing that makes an eternal impact on lives? You've been very patient, so let's go to the third one. What in the world am I expecting the Lord to say to me about my life? What do you expect God to say to you? This is a reality check. What do you think God's going to say to you? Well, I, um, I came to church when I felt like it. Yeah, I fell asleep a couple times. But you know I love you, Lord. At least my name is on the roll. What do you expect the Lord to say to you? You know, I would challenge you to jot down what you think it is. You can tear it up later, but really, get, get a, have an honest moment. What do you think God will say to you? Now, the reason I ask the question is because I'm giving you uh, an example of what you should be working on, okay? Because you shouldn't be going before the Lord in fear. How can you anticipate the coming of Christ, the rapture, using all of those words there, and then you're scared when he shows up? What are you scared of? The fact that you're so busy being you that God was not in his proper place. So what do you think he's going to say to you? Well, I know I'm saved. Good. So you don't, so you don't have to worry about your salvation, okay? Let's cross that one out. The mere fact, the fact is that you before the judgment seat of, of, of Christ, the white, uh, not the white throne, but the judgment seat of Christ, the beamer, you, you know you're okay. You're locked in. But there are some folks going to go to heaven as heavenly hobos. They're going to be stripped. That, that's why it says their works will be burned. Jesus, didn't Jesus Christ their works will be burned. And they will enter in you know, for the mere fact that they got saved. But you won't have any rewards. And you're going, to, you're going to see other Christians with all the rewards and everything. who have been faithful to Jesus and have been putting him first. And it's not hard putting him first. If you are Olympic, you put your whole thing, all your, your social life and everything else is behind what your goal is. So then the reason that Jesus Christ is not first, because you have something else in his place. What in the world is it? Deal with it now or later. Remember those little candy, that little candy about now or later? Either you deal with that or, saints of God, we're going to have some challenges here. So let's see what Paul has to say as we wrap this thing up. Question, what do you think the Lord will say and do? Remember this is going on, this is going to happen. Paul's words may be of help to us. Consider what he wrote. Fight the good fight of the faith.
take hold of eternal life to which you were called. You see the word called? You, you, were, you didn't walk into salvation. God called you. About which you may, made the good confession. You responded to the call in the presence of many witnesses. It says, fight the good fight. Take hold. Two things are quite clear. Number one, fight the good fight. He didn't say just go out and fight. <laughs> he said fight the good fight. The good fight starts in the spiritual realm. And we need to put on the whole armor of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. We need to put on the whole armor of God. And you put on the armor because you're going to be in a war. You're going to be fighting the world, the flesh, and the devil. But yet we are more than conquerors through him that what? So, so Paul says, listen, the first thing that he says, fight the good fight. He says that, says you're capable of doing, doing it. You're going to be held responsible for doing it. Because you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Get this too. When he says fight, God always give you what you need for the moment. For I am ready to be poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. And he says, he says here's what he says about himself. I have fought what? The good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You see the verbs there. I have fought the, the, the good fight. I have what? Finished the race. And I have. I, I think that that is so important. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge will award me on the day. And not only to me. But. You see, see that word but? Conjunction with a function. But What? All who have loved his appearing. When he says, Paul says, I'm wrapping it up. I'm passing the baton. And I tell you what, in doing that, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. His actions, his assessment, his anticipation. His actions, I fought. His assessment, a good fight. His anticipation, he says, I'm looking for that time when the Lord will give me, place on me a crown of righteousness. And the righteous judge will do it. When God puts a crown on your head, then you have been crowned indeed. What are you expecting? Not what have you have done. Not what you are doing. What are you expecting? Then, then you need to ask, am I fighting the good fight? Am I finishing the race? I've noticed some race where people start, they start off real fast and they're running. And then you see this ambulance behind the group. 
when we were at UIC, you know, they had, they had all the ones, the real fast runners, they were <laughs> Then those who didn't quite finish, and they're in the ambulance or that little vehicle that says, well, we'll get you where you need to go. And the Lord said, I want you to finish strong. You can't finish strong if you don't stop and evaluate where you are and what you're doing. And you need to tie it into the whole idea of eternal significance or it's a bunch of nothing. Yes, get as much education and all the other things and make you a smarter believer. But it will not make you a spiritual believer. So do the two packages. Be smart. Be spiritual. Or let's flip it. Be spiritual. Then get smart. Walk with the Lord. Let him do that for you. And guess what? When you do all of that, and as God is at work in you both the will and to do his good pleasure, then he give you a reward for what he have helped you to do. Wow. Then we come then to one last thing. First Peter 4, 17. For it is time for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it, be and if it begins... With us, what will it be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? It didn't say it will be time. Notice the verb. It didn't say it will be time. It didn't say it should be time. He didn't say it could be time. What did he say? It present perfect tense. He says, for it is time for judgment to begin at the house of God. Not with the world. He says with God's people. What in the world have you done? What in the world are you doing? And what in the world do you expect when you come before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It's my prayer that as we look at these questions, I want to challenge you to think about where you are in your walk with God. And if you need to make a, a few adjustments, that's okay. You're a child of God, that's okay. The Holy Spirit's job is to point out areas in our life that need adjustment. And as we close this morning, I, I want to challenge you and pray for you. Are you measuring up to the plumb line? Have you been deliberately measuring up to the plumb line? Please don't use the word, I'm a Christian. I, okay, we know your title. The question now, we're not talking about your title, we're talking about your actions. Have you, doing, have you been doing this? If not, I would like to pray for you. Right now. It simply stands like that's It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father. But it's me, oh Lord. Standing. In the need of prayer. And as we uh, go into prayer. And as God speak to your heart. There's a, there's a time for alignment. 
one of my cars, I, I sense that it's time for it to be aligned. Oh, the motor turns over and it gets us where we need to go, but I keep hearing the sounds and the rattles that says, it's time to get an alignment. You don't have to get rid of the car. Just straighten out some things that keeping it from being all that it could be. Father God, I thank you for our time together. Thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for our time together and what I need to do for Don Rackett. And it has nothing to do with age. It's about a relationship. And each, each time, though, what happened yesterday, what's happening today, is going to greatly affect tomorrow. I can't control tomorrow. But there's definite things I can do today. And so, Lord, I pray even for those who are standing, help us to do the things that's pleasing and honoring in your sight. That you will be glorified. Help us to get rid of the me in our lives and put in this place, thy will be done. Ah, that's when we start becoming Christ-like. Help us, Lord. Regardless of how we've been uh, floundering and, and half-stepping, help us, Lord, today to be the people you're calling for. And if there be one that do not know Christ as their Savior, they're on the outside looking in. And I pray, Lord, that they will say, Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. That Jesus Christ, you died for my sins. And you rose again on that third day. And I have been forgiven if I only confess my sins to you. I believe that you are the Savior. Lord, I pray for that individual just to pray, Lord, save me right now. And we'll be careful always to give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen.